Hello and welcome to the first episode for 2023 of a German and an Aussie. Is it an Aussie or an Australian? I forget. I'm not sure either, Jared. We, we're going to correct it in the next episode. <laughs> it, it takes some getting used to, but uh, it's it completely new. But change is good. At least I hope so. Um, well, first we'll start off with how did your Christmas and New Year go, Gregor? Yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, hi, everyone. From now on, we're not going to talk about movies anymore. We're going to talk about our poetry writing and our vacations. <laughs> My Christmas leave was very nice. Jared, thank you. Traveled a bit through Europe. It is a new feeling that I'm able to leave my state. If you remember the COVID years in Australia while I was with you. Well, I still have a, had a COVID-based Christmas because I was supposed to go and visit various family members and a friend and they all got COVID, so I couldn't go. So I ended up spending the whole thing in lockdown in my own house. All these people got COVID at once. So probably they were going, just telling we've got COVID. <laughs> they got, I don't want to see Jared disease. It's, uh, it's big in Australia, I think. <laughs> well, it's big in my family, it would appear. Um, so <laughs> but, you know, having said that, it was nice to sit around and watch lots of Netflixy type shows. And it's nice to sit in your own house and not do anything. Although I did feel I wasted the time a little bit, but I had plans and they all got canned. So what did you do? Watching anyway. terrible Christmas Netflix movie is never a waste of time, okay? Oh. <laughs> Our first movie for 2023 is one that Gregor has picked, so you can imagine it's a little bit arty, a little bit arty, because that's how he likes them. And it is The Menu, which is a very recent movie that's only just in cinemas here, I think. It was in cinemas in Europe, uh, I think, around October, November. But it's that thing now where some movies go to streaming quite fast, which is nice for us sitting at home, I guess. I'm not sure if it's uh, good for the movies to make money, but uh, this movie is already available on uh, HBO here in the Nordics and on yeah many other streaming platforms wherever you are listening to it or watching it. Well, this movie was one that I, I sort of enjoyed it and sort of didn't. I felt there were too many problems with it because it's sort of a horror comedy. I don't want to get too you know big because all horror movies make no sense. I'll also have to say at this point, there probably will be some spoilers in this review because it's hard to talk about this movie. I think it's a really difficult movie to discuss without giving too much away. Especially for us, we can barely discuss anything without spoilers, I think. Come to think about it, we <laughs> always think we shouldn't have any spoilers, but we always do. Well, how can you discuss a movie without spoilers? Like, maybe from now on, we'll just say this is a spoiler channel. And, you know, you just have to, if you want to, know, if you want to ruin your viewing experience, listen to Gregor and Jerry. Before we start, then let's give the viewers maybe a vague guide if they want to watch the movie first and then listen to our spoiler-filled podcast afterwards. Would you recommend the movie? Yes, I would. Me too. Like you, I think it's not perfect, but it is an interesting movie. It seems like a really provocative concept, but not quite. It doesn't quite get over the line. And I think it... Yeah. But anyway, we'll start off first. Gregor will give his usual brief synopsis of what the movie is about, and then we'll start to go for it and chat. Sure. The movie follows, uh, yeah, it follows a young couple played by Anna Taylor-Joy and uh, Nicholas Holt, two British actors, I think, and uh, quite evoke, especially Anna Taylor-Joy is probably one of the biggest uh, under 30 actresses at the moment, or maybe she's already 30. Nevertheless, this young couple, they go to a luxurious world-class restaurant, um, which is a bit on a remote island. And they spent the night there with a fancy, lavish dinner with a handful of selected other guests, maybe 15 guests overall. And the restaurant is led by the yeah 
authoritarian, dominant and bit cult leaderly boss uh, played by Ralph Fiennes. As soon as they go to the restaurant, you can basically tell that things are not going to go as a normal dinner would go. Until that, it's a bit of a satirical dark comedy and then it uh, definitely gets up, uh, amped with some horror elements. Uh, but yeah, let's leave it at that. What are your thoughts about the movie, Gerardo? I deliberately didn't, you know, watch anything, you know, I didn't watch any trailers or read anything on IMDb or anything about this before I watched it. And I was expecting it to be like a cannibal sort of movie, you know, where they were going to end up eating people. It sort of had that, you know, the menu and something shocking happens and you sort of think, oh, you know, like this is going to be like people end up eating each other and all that sort of stuff. But all the big revelation is that they're eating human flesh, but it's actually not that at all. It's a little bit, it's a bit more sophisticated than that, to be honest. Which I did like because I thought exactly the same, uh, Geraldo. Of course, I thought, yeah, the clue is that the guests are going to be served for dinner or something like this, or the guests are going to be served for the next dinner. <laughs> but yeah, turned out a bit more sophisticated. Definitely went off in a few new angles, which I thought was good. And basically, it's really beautifully filmed and the production values are really high. For a movie that's not that great, really, the productions I used, I thought, were fantastic. Like, the sets were great, the costumes were great. If anything, I thought everyone was a little bit too overstyled. But that's another story. Actually, yeah. that's something I should discuss this because I'm, I'm noticing in a lot of movies now, everyone's really fashioning, like even if they're not supposed to be in fashion. Like, and I felt this movie, it looked like everyone had just put their best clothes on, which admittedly it was supposed to be a super fancy restaurant. But it just seemed to have that vibe that the stylist had literally dressed all of them and pushed them onto the set, particularly the main female character. I thought that was really a little bit out of place how she was dressed. But having said that, it's always nice to look at well-dressed people and styled up people. So, And there's certainly a bit of that in this. And there's, it's sort of a little bit of a feast in many ways because it has like interesting architecture and interesting clothes and interesting haircuts. And on the whole, it's, it's, it's really good to look at even lesser characters. Like there's three guys that play you know, sort of bro, young millionaires. And even they looked really cool. I thought they didn't dress them badly. Did you notice that? Like, they yeah. looked really good. Maybe maybe they should put you in the in the next movie, Geraldo, not, not to <laughs> criticise anything about your amazing uh, clothes selection. I'm a middle-aged man and I'm cursed to have the body of a 19-year-old. That's just my cross to be. <laughs> and the dress sense of a 19-year-old from 1993. Um, <laughs> I'm wearing a Mossimo T-shirt now, if the truth be known. Oh, I, yeah. I thought it was really good to look at. And I was quite intrigued when it first started. Um, and there's quite a few, couple of interesting revelations because... Essentially, the chef is a psychopath in the mould of, <laughs> you know, Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lamb, like intellectual and well-spoken and measured in thought, an intellectual psychopath. I'm not sure if there's too many of those around, but in Hollywood, there's certainly a few. Then he basically presents a menu. The culmination of this menu is they're all going to die. And you find that out pretty quickly. Like, they actually tell you. Yeah. For, for me, one of the main criticisms of the movie is that they kind of reveal too fast, I thought, um, that this is basically going on, that uh, everyone's going to die. You don't know exactly how and all of that. I felt like they could have kept like suspense a little bit longer, uh, don't you think? I, I felt like it was revealed a bit too soon, took away a bit from the, from the suspense for me. Yeah, it did with me too, because I watched it over two nights. And I think about that time, I... 
about 15 minutes afterwards, they're like, oh, I know what's going to happen. But it would have been a bit nicer if, if that wasn't actually true. And they say they pitted people against each other at the end and some were going to survive and some weren't. And, or, you know, there was some sort of like poison thing that half the things were poisoned and half the people were going to die. And, you know, like yeah. it just depended on what you got and which one you picked. And or they, I thought they were going to actually serve up some sort of cured meat and or some sort of jellyfish or something. And part of that meat would kill you, but other parts wouldn't. But it would depend on which piece you took. You know, like I kind of thought yeah. something like that might happen, but it doesn't. Maybe I should have written the film as well as styled the people. Um, you, you have a you have a lot of ideas, yeah. I I like it. I like some of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't get that, but yeah, when you knew they were all going to die, and they pretty much well, here's another big spoiler. They pretty much all do, except for the main character. What was her name again? So the actress' name is Anna Taylor Choi, and uh, her too. name in the movie is uh, Margot. Yeah, Margot. Margot Robbie. That's right. Oh yes, and they actually reveal that she she's an escort, basically. Yeah, she's an uh, escort, sort of a, a sex worker, but didn't seem to exude any interest in sex. An ethical escort, I think that was the plan. I think it wasn't really about uh, the sex anyway. It was that she was basically just a stand-in for oh, her um, date, uh, Tyler, so that he could go to the restaurant um, because they wouldn't give out seat for a single guest. So I thought that that was quite clever. Maybe if we talk a little bit about uh, the characters. Uh, so we have Anna Taylor Choi, who is a, I would say, like the protagonist basically in the end, who is like the poor, quote unquote, good girl who doesn't care about the fancy cuisine and gets her cheeseburger in the end, which she eats very unbelievable. You could clearly see that she didn't even bite a little bit into the burger. And she gets that. to, that really took me a little bit off. And she gets to survive then. And, and as much as I like Anna Taylor Choi, I think she's uh, one of the most interesting actresses at the moment. I didn't really believe that role so much. Maybe it's because I know her more like as this interesting English girl. Like she's been in The Queen's Gambit. She's been in The Witch. She's been in the new Edgar Wright movie, uh, Last Night in Soho, where she always plays more of this British elaborate characters. And now she's like this from Missouri. She looked more like an art student as opposed to a prostitute from Missouri. Exactly, exactly. But her date, I thought, was quite well played by uh, Nicholas Holt. His name is Tyler, and he <laughs> plays this guy who watches all the Chef's Tables episode and who's obsessed with this elite restaurant. I could definitely see traits of him and myself, and I think many people can. It's a quite fun written character, and he basically, so it turns out, uh, which I thought that was probably one of the more interesting twists, which I didn't see coming, is that he knew that everyone is going to die at that dinner, including him, and he still went there and even took Margaret as a date just to get in there and knowing that she's going to die. That I thought was, that was quite a nice twist. I was like, oh, wow, so he knew all along what was going on. That was pretty good, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was good. I felt, too, that all the other characters, because there's obviously a series of characters, there was, like, an older couple that was supposed to be quite wealthy, and he had once hired Margot. Well, he hired her, he hired her as a date for the same restaurant. So that was also a twist. I thought that was quite clever that you think in the beginning. In the beginning, I thought, oh, Margot is somehow in or she wants yeah. revenge on the cook, or she knows something. But in the end, it turns just out she was in the restaurant before with another older man uh, who is there with his wife. So uh, that that I thought was quite interesting as well. 
just got all those peripheral characters were all just so awful, which I know you're supposed to want them to be awful so they'll all die and they all deserve to die. But I just thought they were too cliched and too awful. You know what I mean? Like, I, I noticed it's a trend in modern horror films is that anyone who dies in a horrible way deserves it. Whereas if you go back to, say, 60s, 70s, say things like The Exorcist, the young girl was just an innocent young girl yeah. who got taken over by the devil. Or the Amityville horror, they're just a normal family that move in and they all end up getting killed. Yeah. Whereas, like, now they sort of telegraph bad people to get killed and good people to live, you know, whatever their definition of that. I just think it was a little bit too dislikable and cliché. You know, like the bros, the vain, stupid actor, the woman that was exploiting him, the older man who'd had a prostitute, the wife that was complicit in it. But I can understand they needed that for the film because they do die in a pretty horrible way, in a pretty awful way in the end. But I just think that's how they do that now. They don't like to have... Like, I was almost hoping at the end when she escapes and gets on the boat and then eats the cheeseburger that suddenly she'd start coughing up a heap of blood. Almost hoping <laughs> something like that had happened. Well, she didn't but, really eat it. You can clearly see she's not even biting I'm going to go back and look at that again. <laughs> like, but you know what I mean? I was hoping there'd be some sort of twist that, you know, she bit into the burger and there was a chunk of glass and something I, like that. I didn't like that he kind of makes it out there as well. Yeah, I didn't like that there was this one good person who makes it out in the end. That was not necessary, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. It's, it's a trend with these uh, having these terrible characters. I think it's uh, a little bit a tool to make these movies a bit more comedic, a bit more lighthearted, to take the tension out of it. If it's like, oh, it's just kind of terrible people dying anyway. Um, so I, I get why they're doing that. And I think it's more and more a trend with these uh, satirical horror comedies. What I did like here was that some of the people or quite some of them are not really like terrible people. Like, I mean, he basically uh, reveals the, the chef that he's just killing the actor because he hated his movie. Movie, Yeah. Um, but, he, but he was like dumb and, you know, like he was. Yeah. Know, like... Yeah. No, you're not supposed to sympathize a lot with him. But also if you if you tone it down, I think the movie plays quite a bit with that, that it is very arbitrary how he kills the people. It's like, oh, I didn't like your movie, so you have to die. And then the, the woman is like, well, do I have to die as well? And then he's like, did you go to private school? Yes. Oh, then you have to die as well. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, it was the head. Did you have a, a university debt or something? Oh, did yeah. You know? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then he went, well, <laughs> you know. Uh, Ralph Fiennes or Rafe Fiennes, as he likes to be called. He's an interesting actor, but whenever I see yeah. him, I always think, probably the Europeans won't know this, but when he was in Australia in 2007, he was caught having sex with an air hostess in a toilet in an aeroplane. I didn't and know that. It was like a big thing in the news at the time because, you know, like it was like, wow, because he'd just come off the English patient where he's a romantic lead and, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden he's banging a hostess. I must admit I refer back to that because the hostess that he did have sex with, she ended out, of course, posing in her underwear for Loaded or one of those magazines. And I read of the course, article, of course, and, <laughs> and she said that while she was having sex with him and afterwards she kept saying, I can't believe I'm having sex with a guy from the English patient. <laughs> and he asked her to stop saying it. <laughs> so, you know, he's sort of like genteel intellectual things sort of went out the window for me. It's a bit like Hugh Grant, that whole lovable, genteel, British yeah. scoundrel, but lovable, was sort of like, 
immediately booted when they had a sex scandal. But I don't think that sex scandal really hit the rest of Europe as much as it did Australia. It was very much a local thing. But you can still look it up. I looked it up before I did this podcast. I thought, I wonder if that's still there. There you have it, guys. Some behind-the-scenes uh, ghosts <laughs> from, <laughs> from your Daily Telegraph, Geraldo. But uh, to be honest, I, I even I wasn't aware of that. Oh, of course, I know the... look it up. It's really funny. Anyway, uh, Geraldo, how is your experience with the world-class cuisine? Because if this movie has one overlapping theme, then it's obviously the satire of this world-class restaurant scene and how it's getting more elaborate, more over the top, how the cooks, how the chefs are like gods, basically. Um, and people just pay all the money in the world to have like a, a unique experience where they can't even tell whether it's good or not, but they just want to be there. Like, I always thought, you know, I've been to a few quite pricey restaurants, and I always thought they weren't that great, to be honest. Like, they were nice, but I never walked out and thought, that was freaking amazing. But as a friend said when I went to a, one of the pricey restaurants, said, look, it's the experience. Like, I never look at it this way. I always think of just the food. The experience is the surroundings, the cutlery, the service, the view, the architecture, the table. Like, it's like the background music, should there be any the atmosphere, like I don't really view it that way. I just go, I could make this. So now I try and look at it that way if I go to an expensive restaurant. And I try and think that really, you know, you're paying for more than just what you're sticking on your fork. But I yeah. did love the way that they served it up like in chapters almost and the chapters were strung together by the actual menu itself. I don't know whether the menu is any good or anything. Gregor, you're a bit more up on this sort of thing. Did you look at the menu and think, wow, I'd like to try that? Um, I saw this a movie hit quite home with like uh, Copenhagen, the city where I live at the moment, um, because uh, we have like multiple uh, world-class restaurants and one called Noma uh, has been voted the best restaurant in the world multiple times. And you can see the design, even the concept that it's a little bit on an island, like Noma is not really on an island, but it's like in a lake. And even the surrounding looks kind of similar. And um, I've unfortunately never been. A menu without wine is only, hmm, I think, 430 euros in Aussie dollars. That's like $650 or something. Wasn't there yet, but once uh, you guys uh, spread the podcast, we can finally afford our well-deserved dinner there. But I thought that uh, it quite hit with this whole Copenhagen trendy food style in the in the top cuisine that is so popular here. And and I could see some of these meals being served in these restaurants. Yeah, because um, it looked beautiful. Yeah. It did. And they photographed the food, I have to say, in a really, really beautiful way. Like they didn't just plonk a plate down. Like it was lit really nicely. Like I thought it looked great. And I'd be curious yeah. to know who they consulted and who the chefs were that put the menu together and everything. I tried to find yeah, it, yeah. Really, but I didn't really find it. The only thing I did find is that Will Ferrell was one of the producers. So I didn't expect that. I didn't know that either. But it kind of makes sense because the director of the movie, uh, his name is Mark Milot, and he directed a lot of uh, or quite a couple of succession episodes. And I think he also brought one of the succession writers on board. And I think Will Ferrell is one of the succession producers as well. So it's basically the succession team. Succession, for everyone who doesn't know, is like a very popular HBO show at the moment. Uh, have you ever watched it, Jared? Yeah, look, I started watching a few episodes. There's some Aussie actress in it that's doing really well. I can't remember her name, but um, she plays the Sarah daughter. Sarah Snook. I've never yeah. even heard of her until, but apparently she's doing really well on that show. 
I started to watch it when you're in the house, and I I think it's something you I could watch if someone else was into it. You know what I mean? Often, you know, you yeah. if you're watching a show with someone and they're into it, you can get into it. But I don't ever think to watch it. Is it on Netflix? Can't no, it's on uh, HBO. See, and that's the other problem. Um, For a movie podcaster, you have the uh, worst uh, streaming <laughs> uh, collection at home of anyone. I know, it's pretty <laughs> terrible. You know, it's Dan and every now and then I watch, you know, my cousin's Netflix. You know, Succession doesn't really appeal, but a lot of people love it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, Succession is, uh, I find, a very cleverly satirical written show, and you can see a lot of that witty uh, dialogue in the movie as well. Isn't it, it's based on the Murdoch family, isn't it? Basically, yeah. It's it's a mix, I would say. It's mainly Murdochs, but you can see elements of, for example, the Trumps or even the Clintons yeah. uh, embedded in it. So it, it's uh, it's very topical. It has a little bit the thing of the movie as well, that every character is kind of unlikable. But over the course of uh, now it's three seasons, You kind of find something in every character you like. So it's a little bit you kind of hate them, but you also kind of are rooting for them. It's just very well written. And I found so is this movie overall. I saw dialogue is uh, is very uh, clever. The the movie is overall doesn't feel long. We we did a movie night actually. Yeah, and it's a very fun movie to watch in a group um, with some drinks and everything. Yeah, so, you don't have to uh, concentrate too much on it. Like it's that sort it, of thing. Exactly. In a, in, a, in a bit in a negative sense as well, because you kind of know where it's going very soon. Overall, I thought, good movie. Should we should we jump to the rating or was there something you wanted to add, Jared? Uh, I, well, the only thing I'd like to add is if you're interested in any food-based horror movies or dramas, I have two to recommend. One is called Eating Raoul from 1982. It's about a couple who are cannibals and they get people to, you know, eat by advertising in swingers magazines and they and they're trying to rid the world of horrible people by eating them like it's really really funny i really liked it and also there's another one you probably heard of this one gregor from in the early 90s called delicatessen if anyone's into art movies yeah. they've heard of delicatessen and that has a a cannibal theme as well and it's really interesting yeah. it's very 90s i haven't seen it for a long time but they're two i would recommend if you're into food-based horror films. They're the ones that spring to mind. I can recommend one as well, which is actually uh, very fitting since I'm in Denmark. It's called in English The Green Butchers, uh, The Green Butchers, and in German it's called Danish Delicatessen, which I find actually a much better title. It was the movie that kind of put Mats Mikkelsen into international spotlight, the now quite famous, I would say, Danish actor, who actually, to bring it full circle, later played Hannibal in a TV show. Did you ever no, watch the Hannibal I didn't TV watch show? Hannibal. Did you watch it? A little bit. It was honestly a bit too dark for me uh, as a TV show because it is quite gruesome. Mats Mikkelsen plays Hannibal and the show puts a lot of emphasis on how he prepares the food, the delicious food, which is obviously prepared with human flesh. So uh, it's very well photographed and very like... In this movie, like in the menu, I guess it's a bit of a Danish thing with uh, eating people. I have to be careful what my colleagues careful, are serving me. <laughs> so I would give this, I'd give it like three and a half sterns. Actually, I'd give it four. I'll go the, I'll go the whole hog and give it four sterns for what it is. I well, think it's pretty easy to watch. Yeah, you know what? I was about to give it three and a half as well, but I feel it doesn't claim to be more than a very entertaining horror comedy that actually is not really scary. So even if you're not into scary movies, you can easily watch it, I find. Um, so yeah, four Sterne, vier Sterne uh, from my side as well. 
I wonder what we'll watch next time, Gregor. I haven't really thought about it. I suppose it's my turn to pick one. Have you got anything in mind? Is there a new Rebel Wilson movie out? <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be a must. That would be a must. But right now, I better go and have my dinner. I've cooked a bacon and egg pie. <laughs> <laughs> with some frozen vegetables there we go well you can still kill a person with it and it would be kind of like in the movie well i'd be killing myself because i'm the only one eating it so <laughs> <laughs> anyway thank you very much everyone and all the best for 2023 we recently changed the artwork for this podcast and as much as we had a lot of trouble getting it to blow down to apple and spotify hopefully it has now so if anyone wants to leave a comment what they think of it I did it, I'd just like to add, but you can say whatever you think and we'll look forward to chatting with you next time. See you later. See you guys. Good. Cool.